Praise God. Uh, like I was saying, if you got your Bible, uh, hold it, grab it, grab it real tight, squeeze it, whatever your phone, whatever you use. If you don't have a Bible this morning, don't have a phone or anything like that, that would be weird. Uh, then we will put the scriptures and stuff up on the verse, uh, the verse, the screen this morning. Uh, but let's make this confession of faith. Uh, let's say this together. My Bible is my sword and I'm ready to receive the engrafted word this morning and my leaf won't wither. I'll be fruitful. Everything I do will prosper as my roots Go down in the word of God this morning. Let me pray for you. Thank you, Father God, for every person here. Pray, Father God, for all of us to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with your light today, that we would know the hope of your calling, that we would know the inheritance that we have in you, and that we would know the power that we have as believers. And you said for us to pray that we would know the love of Christ, that we would know what's the breadth and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes all understanding and knowledge so that we could be filled with your will, filled with the fullness of God. I pray, Father God, for every person here that they have ears to hear, eyes to see what you're saying this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you want us to tune in and plug in to your voice, your spirit this morning and and let the roots, our roots, go down into the word of God this morning so that we can be fruitful, that our leaf won't wither and that everything that we do will prosper and will bring forth 30, 60, and 100 fold uh, this week, this month, this year. In Jesus' name, Everybody said, praise God. If you got your Bible this morning, I ask you to open it up to Mark chapter 4. Really only got one passage of scripture, psych, uh, that I'm going to be giving you. You know me, I'm going to give you like 19 uh, passages of scripture, but I'm going to give, give those to you real quick. The main place that we're going this morning is Mark chapter 4. If you were here last week, we started uh, a little series, a mini series. I mean, I like those mini series little mini-series like you'd see on television take us four or five weeks I don't know how long uh, however long the Lord has us here but we started last week with this thing called receive how to receive from God God doesn't want you just to be a believer he actually wants you to be a receiver uh, he, he's always broadcasting and if we'll get on the right channel that God's broadcasting then there is a divine supply a supply of wisdom and understanding uh, there's a supply and he wants us to get on that channel and he wants us to receive from him he doesn't just want us to be believers he wants us to be receivers but just like a radio receiver you got to get on the right channel so we're just learning how to get on God's channel make sure that we're on the same wavelength that he's on because once you're on that wavelength then the the seed or it's guaranteed you could say like that it's guaranteed he's always giving he's always broadcasting he's always saying something and God doesn't want you just to believe in Jesus he wants you to what receive Jesus right he doesn't want you just to believe in forgiveness he wants you to receive forgiveness he doesn't want you to just believe in the grace of God he wants you to receive the grace of God he doesn't want you just to believe in wisdom and understanding he says no come unto me if you're heavy laden he says I'll give you understanding I'll give you rest God doesn't want you just to be a believer he wants you also to be a receiver so last week just to give you a sick uh uh, a 60 second recap if you weren't here some of you guys weren't here last week last week we just looked at number one thing is God is willing 
In other words, we should never doubt God's willingness. God wants us to be receivers. James says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you be in health and prosper, even as your soul prospers. So God, he says, listen, my wish for all of my kids is for them to be in health, prosper, even as their soul prospers. So God wants our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, our intellect, our conscience. He wants our spirit, man, to be renewed. The Bible says day by day. He wants those things that you can't see to be profitable but also he says I wish above all things for you to be in health and for your soul to prosper God wants you to receive from him he's your daddy and he's got the Bible says some exceeding precious promises and gifts that are available but you have to receive them how many of you ever had trouble giving your kids gifts how many of your kids ever had problems receiving them not mine Maybe your kids are different than my kids. My kids wish I give them a blank check every day of their life. And they have no concept that there's only so much money in the account, baby. They want it all. Kids don't have a problem receiving. I could give Noble. There's not an amount that I think I could give Noble that he couldn't spend. Pick an amount and he'll find a way to spend it. He'll buy a dump truck, a backhoe, 19,000 guns, a whole bunch of rounds of ammo, some bows and arrows, fishing rods, a, a whole tent of fireworks. I mean, there's not an amount. Noble knows how to receive gifts. And Ansley's even worse, especially if it's got sugar in it. If it's got sugar in it, baby, if I were to just take my kids in Easter and say, how long, I want to get y'all a gift today. Woohoo! thrilled thrilled kids don't have a problem receiving and, and and god's our father right he's our daddy but that's why jesus said listen you need to become like a child you need to have the trust of a child you need to have the faith of a child you need to have the love of a child and you need to be able to receive from your daddy just like a child does so God's got things for us. He wants us to receive. So the number one thing last week we looked at is God's will. And the number two thing was just expect it. Once you realize God's got things for you, then just go ahead and expect it. Don't expect the worst. Expect the best. Amen. Don't look for the worst. Look for the best. Just expect. Say, God, I'm expecting you to use me today to help somebody. God, I'm expecting you. You said you'd supply all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm expecting it. God, you said that you would forgive me so much that you would re remove my transgressions as far as the east is from the west so i thank you i'm forgiven today i receive it today so you just expect it just turn your expector on but this morning i want to give you another one and uh, this one is the way the lord just told it to me is is uh sometimes the lord uh well let's say it like this the last verse that i finished with last week does anybody remember the the last verse that i finished with last week is there a teenager in here that remembers the passage that i finished with last week i'll give you 20 bucks Hey, what'd we finish with? Nope, just kidding, you're right. Oh, you 20 bucks. And I'm good for it. John 15, John 15, I finished with that last week where Jesus said, listen, I'm the vine, you're the branch. The same life that's in me is in you. And the vine, the, the branch can't do anything apart from the vine. The same sap that, here, you can give it to her, give it to her later. Uh, she probably wants it now. Don't want you to forget. That preacher forgot. Yeah, I mean, I didn't say that for nothing. Take the money. Wait, listen, I'm talking about receiving gifts. And look, illustrated sermon right here, just, just right here for all of y'all to see 
At what age do, do, do we stop receiving it? I don't know. Just receive it. So Jesus, I finished up last week. Jesus said, listen, I'm the vine, you're the branch. The same life that's in me is in you. So the head, he's the head, we're the body, and the head and the body work together, and the head and the body is supposed to be, there's a giving, receiving relationship, right? The head is giving instructions to the body. I mean, I'm glad your body don't say no. Your head's like, breathe, and your body's like, no. What a contradiction that would be, right? That's not going to work very well. No, there's constantly this going back and forth. Well, if Jesus is divine, let's say it like this, there's another portion of Scripture where Jesus said, listen, uh, that God, uh, he's teaching a parable here. And he says, listen, in my father's house or in God's, and the way that God sees it is that God is the husbandman of a vineyard. And you and I are the vines of that vineyard. And he says, uh, this is Jesus speaking. Jesus says, he says, the husbandman, in order for that vine to produce the most fruit, then the husbandman will go and he will trim that vine. He will clip things off of that vine that don't need to be there. How many of the Lord's ever clipped anything off of you? Right, he says, I'm going to clip some attitudes off of you. I'm going to clip your past off of you. So the husband, man, he's constantly walking in the vineyard of the church. And people that are willing, he'll just go ahead and snip. So how many of y'all think that if, if, if the vines could talk, what would they say? That feels awesome. No, they're not going to say that. They're going to be like, sometimes God's clipping is painful, but he knows how for you to be the most fruitful. He knows how the end of your life, whenever you stand before God, the Bible says he's going to hit your life with the fire of God and everything. That, that, that you did for him will be refined like fire and everything that, that wasn't for him or that was purposeless that it'll burn as hay and stubble so God knows how for you at the end of your life to have the most refined by fire life but in order for that to take place it takes some pruning but in studying or preparing for today the Lord just uh, put it on my heart that, 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 that lots of times we want God to prune us and to shape us into something magnificent we want him to prune and shape our marriages and our businesses but before there's ever pruning there has to be some planting in order for you to be pruned first you have to be planted so I want to talk to you this morning about the importance of being rooted the Lord said it like this he says he says most people just want to receive but they don't ever want to be rooted so we're teaching on receiving from God, but if you don't ever, if you aren't ever rooted, then you, you really aren't in a position to receive. We want him to prune us, but until we're planted, we really can't be fruitful. How many of y'all uh, wanted to be a ninja? Yes. Oh, gosh. I was watching yesterday. I mean, oh, Bruce Lee. Oh, man, I was just watching a documentary on Bruce Lee yesterday. I couldn't watch the whole thing. But Bruce, oh, bless his soul. Oh, but, but, but Bruce, on, on this video, he's got this guy, and, and this guy's playing ping pong. And Bruce Lee's playing ping pong with his nunchucks. Has anybody seen that? Oh, my gosh, are you kidding? This, this, this little Chinese guy, and you can tell he's pretty good at ping pong. Uh, is Derek here? Yeah, he'd tear Derek up. He's not here? Oh, Derek thinks he's the, the master at ping pong. But, but there, there's this little Chinese guy, and he's just hitting that ball as fast as he can. And Bruce Lee with nunchucks is just boom, 
boom, it's amazing. He, I can't do it. He jumps up in the air. He spins around and he hits that ping pong ball. And then they put two guys out there. And two guys are hitting these ping pongs back and forth as far as they can and fast as they can. And Bruce Lee with nunchucks. Oh, I wanted to do that so bad. Uh, oh, God. I, mean, I'm not, I wanted to be a ninja. I was, I was, I wasn't that, I wasn't like a really big kid, but I was maybe 30 pounds bigger than, than, than the other kids in my neighborhood. And I would try to be a ninja, but ninjas have to be really light on their feet. <laughs> you just don't see a whole lot of, uh, never mind, never mind. I wanted to be a ninja. Let's just say it like this. And every, every October for Halloween, you know what I'm going to be. I'm a ninja. Now, what that meant was just you wear black pants, a black shirt, and a black hat. You look more like a robber than a ninja. <laughs> but I wanted to be a ninja. So I had uh, just a bunch of throwing stars. Anybody else have throwing stars? Oh, man, you sharpen those throwing stars, you'd get so upset if you'd lose them. They'd slide up under the, oh, man, you're out there trying to find, and I had throwing knives, maybe I'm the only one, and we would make our own blow guns, and we would, we would wear flat shoes, we wanted to be a ninja, and, and we, we, would, we would watch these, these programs, and that, that's what I wanted to be. How many of y'all remember the original Karate Kid? I'm going somewhere with this, because uh, I, I, the, where I'm going is I... I grew up uh, trying to raise bonsais. Anybody else kill any bonsai trees in here? I grew up killing bonsais every year for my birthday or for Christmas because that's what ninjas did. I would take broom handles. I'd make my own nunchucks. I'd go to the hardware store and get some chain. And then because, of, because I had all my other gear, well, Mr. Miyagi, he was a bonsai guy. And he was constantly taking that bonsai and would trim it. So I would, my parents would bring me uh, to the guy on the side of the road. How many of y'all know that guy? <laughs> he, <laughs> he's the most un-Chinese guy you'll ever meet in your life, right? He's got like a cut-off t-shirt and cut-off shorts. But he's selling bonsais out of the back of his van. Way overpriced too. But I would take these bonsais, I would take them home, and I would try to do like the ninjas do, and I would trim and prune and cut this bonsai over and poor bonsai <laughs> until I would kill that thing. I'm, I'm, I'm not a master husbandman. I didn't know what I'm doing. The man that sold it to me didn't know, he didn't know anything about bonsais. But because I wanted to do that, I would take these things and I would clip and cut and prune these things trying to make something beautiful. Have you ever tried to make something beautiful out of your life, out of your marriage? Out of the, and, and you just aren't qualified to do it. You need the word of God. You need instructions how to run your life and your finances and your business and your home and your kids. And God wants to prune every facet of your life to make you productive and fruitful and something that's worth looking at and he knows how to do it but before the pruning you have to be planted those bonsai they put them in just a little bitty dish um, I almost brought it because I, I bought a fern last week I've killed a couple of these ferns and this one's about to die I put it in the sink last night trying to bring it back to life. But the reason that this fern is about to die is I've had it for about three weeks and I still haven't planted it yet. The fern's just sitting out there in the place where I want to plant it. 
and, and it's locked in its own little container. And the roots are starting to get root bound. And because it's not planted, then the heat is starting to destroy it. And, and itself is in its own little world, its own little environment. But it won't make it like that. It needs somebody to take that thing out of its environment and put it in a place that it's supposed to be so that it can function, it can thrive, and so that its roots can get down and begin to draw from that source. So I want to talk to you about planting this morning or being rooted, being planted. And there's a bunch of verses I'm going to fly through real quick. But then we're going to look at the main one, which is in Mark chapter 4. The first one, they'll put it up on the screen, is in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. I just want to show you some because over the next few weeks, uh, I want to look at these different areas that God says that we're supposed to be planted. So God doesn't want you just planted in one area. He wants you to be planted in a few things. It says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. I could spend an hour right there, but I'm not. Give me the next one up there. We're going to look at some of these next week or two. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16. It says, for he shall, oh, I'm sorry, that's good. Leave, leave that there. It's beautiful. I love this one. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river. And it will not fear when heat comes. Ooh, that's delicious. But the leaf will be green and it will not be anxious in the year of drought, even in adversity. Something happens when you're planted. Woo! Nor will it cease from yielding fruit. Do the next one. Right, we can stay there another hour. That Christ may dwell in your heart through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. Ephesians chapter 3. Being rooted and grounded in love. We'll, hit, we'll spend a week on that, I think, Lord willing. Give me one more. He shall be like a tree planted. Everybody say planted. By the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, the leaf won't wither. Whatever he does shall prosper. All these things have to do with being planted. We want God to prune us and to make us into something amazing. But until we allow ourselves to go through the planting process, then the fruit, then the, the pruning really doesn't matter. So the main place I want to stay this morning is in Mark chapter 4, and I'm actually going to read it out of the message. I don't preach out of the message very, uh, very little, but I wanted to preach or look at it this morning because we saw right there, he says, listen, you need to be rooted in him. You need to be rooted in love. You need to be rooted in righteousness there's different things that we'll look at that he says it's very important for you to allow your roots to go down into these truths because once those roots go down then they they draw even in drought so you can go through some tough times of adversity whether it's cancer or divorce or whatever it is and those are the times where you better be rooted because it's dry out there and, and, and it's funny because we think of roots here in, in Louisiana, but you know, got to understand where they're talking about is it's very arid, it's very dry. Some of the bushes, just, the, just, just a bush, not even a tree in Palestine and Afghanistan, the roots would go down uh, 23 stories for a bush. Why? Because that, that thing has to be rooted. Why? Because it's in a dry place. This is, this is a, an adverse condition. And, and you can have a great life and things can be going real, real, real great. But you can come into a season of extreme drought. And if you don't have some 230 feet long roots, then there's going to be some problems. 
you better be rooted whenever you hit some real dry times because the devil's not just after your marriage. He's after you. He's not just after your business in 2014. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But if you'll be rooted and grounded in the things of God, and this morning specifically be rooted and grounded in the word of God, then Jesus said when the storms of life come, you'll still be standing. Because what does a root do? Well, one of the things that a root does is is it just stabilizes you. I actually brought some roots. Now listen, I tell you all the time how much I love y'all. But whenever your preacher starts ripping out his landscape for you, you know you're exceptional. Just kidding. Now, but Al, I just planted that thing like a month ago. But for you, I ripped it out. Last night about 8 o'clock, I'm out like this. Let go! <laughs> Let go! So with all my might, I finally got it out. But, but the, the first one, though, that I really want to look at, and you can see it's already had some problems. Why? Well, because I took it out of where it was supposed to be. I uprooted it. But, but the real purpose, one of the main purposes of the root, right, is what? This root, it holds this thing in place. It's supposed to prove it. Well, if I take the roots off... Stand up, little tree. What's wrong with you? Stand up. You idiot. Stand up. I don't see why I always, I just keep falling down. I keep falling into that situation. I can't seem to get a hold of that. My, 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 my business, my life, my finances, I'm always having problems, my addiction, whatever. I'm just always, I can't see. And I come to church and I lift my hands. And I say, oh, Lord Jesus, help. Help, Lord Jesus. And he, he helps me. But, but then Monday, I just keep falling down. I don't understand what's going, what's going wrong. And I'm trying to keep my balance. Oh, but it's not working. What's the problem here? Well, one of the things that Root does is it just doesn't give you uh, the nutrients that you need it actually holds you there those roots the roots that God wants to go down deep this morning specifically into the word of God it'll hold you and when Katrina comes right or whenever whatever comes then that those roots get down deep enough the problem that we have with a lot of our trees is what the roots don't go down very good do they Rita like knocked down 11 of my trees made me so mad Trees are expensive to get rid of. How many of y'all know that? I doubt they're kicking the tree. We should have done better. But why? What's the problem? Those roots are just right there on the top. Whenever it gets wet and the wind comes, those roots aren't really holding anything. It looks real good. How many of y'all know we can look real good? Them trees can fake it. But whenever there's real adversity that comes, you'll really find out you'll find out where your roots are at when you're really tested. You'll find out how well you're doing with that addiction or with that problem or with, with, with that thing that keeps resurfacing every five years that God wants. He wants you to receive deliverance and help. He's, he's constantly offering it. And he says, listen, in order, uh, you're wanting me to prune you, but really I need to plant you. I need to plant you in a house of God. I need to plant you by the river so that your leaf won't wither and so that everything that that, that you do prosper. I need to plant you in the love of God. I need to plant you in him. I need to put you there. This morning specifically, I want to talk about being planted in the word of God. Why? Because this is the thing that, that all the others hinge on. 
And I'll prove it to you. And this is going to be Jesus talking. Jesus in Mark chapter 4, verse number 1, it says, And Jesus went teaching by the sea. And a crowd built up to such a great size that he had to get in an offshore boat. And he began to use the boat as a pulpit as the people pushed to the water's edge. And he taught by using stories, many stories. Great multitude of people, so many so that they've pushed Jesus to the edge of the water. And Jesus is like, well... So Jesus gets in a boat, he shoves off from the bank, and he begins to teach all of this multitude of people, but he teaches them in stories. And he says, listen to this story. He says, what do you make of this? A farmer goes out planting seed. And as he scattered the seed, some of it fell on the road, and the birds ate it. Some of the seed fell in the gravel and it sprouted up quickly, but it didn't put down roots. Everybody say roots. So when the sun came up, adversity came up, it withered just as quickly as it came up. Some fell in the weeds. And as the seed came up, it was strangled among the weeds and nothing came of the seed. But some fell on good ground. And he said, and that seed came up with a flourish. What are we talking about? We're talking about you receiving from God. And, and, and it says here, he says, it produced a harvest exceeding his wildest dreams. Come on, don't you love Jesus telling this story? He says, listen, there's a planting going on and God wants you to flourish. And God wants you to receive beyond your wildest dreams. Come on, we don't always think of God talking to us like this, but this is Jesus, and he's saying, listen, beyond your wildest dreams. Come on, sometimes it's just good to just let your mind go. Not in the negative like we usually do. My tire's going bald. Them bald tires going to bust any day, and I'll be riding around and just busted tires. No, no, that's the opposite of the wildest dreams. Come on, God wants us to move in the opposite, the opposite of that. And just sometimes just let your mind go. Here Jesus said, he said, listen, if you'll allow the seed to do what it's meant to do, he says there's some flourishing that's available. There's some flourishing that's available to you and I. Now let's keep going here because Jesus is going to give the interpretation. Because a lot of these people here, they're sitting on the bank, Jesus is in the water, and he's talking about farming, and they're like, What? What is this guy talking about? We wanted to see uh, so the deaf hear something. Uh, what, what, is, what is Jesus talking about? So Jesus is going to give the interpretation. And so he says, are you listening to this? Really listening? Let me ask you this morning. Are you listening to this? Well, really, I'm thinking about Piccadilly, the Dilly special. It's going to be awesome today. I can't wait. I love the souffle. Now, Jesus is saying, saying, listen, are you listening this morning? Are you really listening? And when they were off by themselves, those who were close to him, along with the twelve, asked about the stories. And he told them, you've been given insight into God's kingdom. How much time? Okay. Uh, everybody look at me real quick. There's a multitude of people out there. Jesus is teaching the word to them. And he's saying, he's saying some seed, the birds ate it. 
some seed, the sun killed it. Some seed, the weeds choked it. But some seed fell on good ground and it produced a harvest of 30, 60, 100 fold. But as he's teaching, people begin to leave. Maybe there's 10,000 people out there. A thousand leave. Another thousand leave. 5,000 leave. Wow, well, the sun's going down. Maybe it's getting cold. Maybe the mosquitoes are coming out. But by droves, people begin to leave. But there was a group of people. If you look again, I love this. There's a group of people. He says, are you listening? Are you really listening? And it says, when they were off by themselves, those who were close to him along with the twelve, In other words, maybe there was a hundred people that after everybody else left, they got closer into Jesus. And literally before Jesus' eyes, while he's talking about this parable, you could see it take place. And in his mind, he knows everybody's thoughts. He can see the ones that, okay, they left because they got to go pick up the kids. Okay, they left because of that. Okay, they left because of this. They left. But there was a hundred people who just sitting there at that moment, that seed fell on good ground. And all the time we think of Jesus and the 12 disciples, and that was Jesus' people. No, I'm here to tell you that Jesus would have had a million disciples if they would have attached themselves to him. Because right here you can see the multitude leaves but there was a group of people that with the 12 snuggled in right up close to Jesus and said I'll be good ground everybody else here may find other things to do and they may have places to go and the 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 word of God may be ripped from them but I want to be amongst the 12 I want the interpretation I want to know what you're talking about because a multitude of people they just left without ever getting the interpretation they never found out what Jesus was talking about he wasn't talking about farming he wasn't talking about planting he's saying no are you listening are you really listening and while he's speaking some of the people that they stayed they stuck they planted and while everybody else left then those people came and now Jesus he's not talking to a multitude but he's not just talking to 12 he's multiplying himself and now maybe he's got 112 or 212 or 312 and now he's going to give them the interpretation why because they chose to be rooted they chose to be one of the 25% that says, I'll stay when everybody else goes. I want to be productive and fruitful. I'm going to attach myself to Jesus. Are you listening? Are you really listening? And while they were off by themselves, those who were close to him. I love that. Along with the 12, they ask about the stories. What Jesus, he says, you've been given insight into God's kingdom. How'd they get insight into God's kingdom? They stuck around. They made it a priority. It became a priority and they got to find out something nobody else got to know. Everybody else is cooking tortillas. But you got these people that said, I want to be rooted. He says, and you, I'm going to tell you how this works. Jump down. He says, uh, and he continued. He says, do you know how this story works? All my stories work this way. What's Jesus saying? He says, if you can figure out this parable, every other parable will work in your life. If you can figure out, that's why we're starting with the word of God here before we move into being rooted in love and being rooted in him and being rooted in righteousness. Why? Because Jesus said, Jesus said, listen, if you can figure this one out, all of my principles revolve 
that they work just like this one here. And he says, I can't tell everybody this, but he says, to you that have come and rooted yourself here, he says, I'm going to show you how the kingdom works. I'm going to tell you how this deal works because they all work just like this. So he says, this is now he's going to give the interpretation. How many y'all glad that we get the interpretation? Why? Because we have the same opportunity. We have the same opportunity to, to pick which seed that we want to be or how we want this to affect our lives. The farmer plants the word. We see right there what the seed is. The seed's the word of God. It's not corn. Right? It's not beans. Now he says the, the, the farmer, God, the pe- that he uses people to plant the word of God. And some people are like the seed that falls on hardened soil. How many have ever hardened your heart? And he says no sooner... Then, the, then they hear the word, Satan, the birds, snatches it away as, after it's been planted. Have you ever heard a great message on Sunday? And you ain't left the parking lot before the devil got that word. Especially if it's on joy or something. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Arrgh, he cut me off. Come on, man. We've all been there. We've all done it. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The reason that you're a weakling is not because you're a weakling is because of the joy of the Lord. It's just not your strength. And you'll get that word. But then here comes, here comes. Your wife will do it to you. Just kidding. Steal that word, right? Being used by the devil. Don't tell her that. That don't go over well. He says, Satan snatches away that which is planted in them. And some are like seed that lands in the gravel. When they hear the word, they respond with great enthusiasm. Amen! I like that, by the way. But they are such shallow soil of character that when the emotions wear off and difficulty arrives, there's nothing to show for it. I say, ouch. He says, the seed that's cast into the weeds represents the one who hear kingdom news but they're overwhelmed with worries about all the things they have to do and the things they want to get. And stress strangles what they've heard and nothing comes of it. How many of you ever been there? Come on, we're all guilty. I've been there. Get busy, get busy, get busy. But Jesus says, but there is a seed that's planted in the good earth and it represents those who hear the word. They embrace it and it produces a harvest There it is again, beyond their wildest dreams. You and I have to make a commitment to be planted. Planted in the word of God. So I just ask the Lord and I'll close this. this. I say, well, how do I I tell them to be planted? Because it's good to tell them what they need to do. But but how many of y'all like to know how sometimes? So I just ask the Lord. I say, Lord, how do you want me to convey uh, how they do this? Real simple. The Lord just said, make it a priority. Don't need five points. Don't need a whole, uh, a whole big message on it. Just make the word of God a priority. Make where you hear the word of God a priority. If it's at this church, it should be, an, it should be a priority. Why? Well, because the farmers constantly sow in the word. And that word can help you flourish and for your wildest dreams to be fulfilled, right? So, so wherever you're receiving the word, just make it a priority. Uh, make make your, your study time, your prayer time. Uh, make, make your relationships. Wherever the word is going, going forth just make it a priority the second thing is as the lord says just do it james chapter one if you've got that you can put it up there james chapter one he says he says be not deceived god is not mocked whatever a man sows everybody say sows that will he reap 
Don't be, don't be deceived. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. And he says, and if you hear the word, but you don't do it, then you deceive yourself. So you have to make the word of God a priority in your life. And then you have to do it. Because that's what planting is all about. Because lots of times in churches, we're like, God, prune me. Prune, prune. Specifically my husband. Could you just cut him to pieces? Lord, cut him up. And the Lord's like, no, this is not pruning. You've never been planted. You're not planted in the house of God. You don't plant yourself in my word. Whenever the storms of life come, James says, he says, he says if you, you hear the word but you don't do it, he says, you're like a, like a wave that's tossed to and fro. And you're just tossed by every wind of doctrine, every opportunity, every temptation. You're just tossed. You're just tossed. You just keep falling over, falling over, falling over. And God won't teach one of us to, to commit to the process of being planted last thing is is what does that look for for me well for me I, I like to uh there's certain scriptures that have come to me over the years that have just been come they've become one with my being and that's really what planting is about if you look at my beautiful shrub here you'll notice that all of those tiny little fibers of those roots I told you, you know, the time that we went to Las Vegas and we went to the body exhibit and we went into this room where they took a man, they injected him with plastic and then they dipped his body in acid. He was a cadaver. He's dead. They didn't do this while he was alive. That would have been horrible. Uh, he was a dead guy. They did it for science. And the acid ate away everything but every capillary, every vein in his whole body. You could see his whole body. It was capillaries and veins, red and blue. I mean, he, was, he looked like a man, except it was nothing but his circulatory system. But that circulatory system looks very much like the circulatory system of this plant. So I picture a, a particular scripture. I want it to get so much into my heart that you can't tell where my capillaries end and the word of God, its capillaries begin. And that literally that scripture becomes so one with me that whenever adversity comes, rather than something else running out of my mouth, that this thing has become one with me. And one of those is Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, being confident of this very thing thing that he which hath begun a good work in you shall bring it to full completion until the day of Jesus Christ many times the devil will come and he'll say you can't do this you can't do that it's not going to work you won't get a building not enough money but I just have that scripture God doesn't start things without finish them I'm confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in me will bring it to full completion until the day of Jesus Christ smoke that devil I bet I've said that thing a thousand times. A bunch the past couple of years starting a church out of vapor. Why? Because he's just constantly, he comes at you. He says, yeah but, yeah, but I'm confident of this. He which hath begun a good work in me shall bring it to full completion until the day of Jesus Christ. No matter what comes, no matter what comes in the offering, no matter what people say about you, I don't care. I'm confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in me, he's going to bring it to full completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So for you, you have to find scriptures like that, make them a priority and let them get so intertwined with you that whenever the drought comes or whenever, even whenever you're just having a great day, that just comes out of you. Say, man, I'm just, there's, I don't know a whole lot. I don't know the whole, I don't know the whole Bible, but I know these four. And these right here, I'm building my life on. 
and now you can flourish with just a few. Let's pray this morning. Thank you, Father God, for uh, the entrance of your word, giving light and understanding. I thank you, Lord, that your word makes the high places come down and the low places come up. I thank you, Lord, that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, and that it shines in darkness. And I thank you, Lord, that this, this morning, I believe your word is just illuminating the crevices of our life and showing us just where we need to make small adjustments. You said that the little foxes destroy the vine. There is a vine, and just little things can destroy that vine. I thank you, Lord, this morning as we commit to being rooted and grounded in the Word of God, we make it a priority where the preaching and the teaching, our own personal time, that your Word is a priority to us, and we're doers of the Word of God. We're not hearers only deceiving ourselves. We're not tossed to and fro like every wave. No, because we're rooted and grounded in the Word of God.